Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 24 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on, man? I am having a good day, bud. I've been wearing two hoodies all day because the heating's been off and the heating went on a little while ago, so I'm down to one hoodie and it feels good. How are you doing, bud? Because we had some technical issues, and I want to just check in with you that you're not stressing out. It's all right, brother. It's uh, so we have a little bit of a jump start to this here. Uh, it's just a little tiny thing on the back end that usually works in the background to smooth things out, but it's all right, man. You know, you roll with the punches. That's kind of how the way life is, you know, with it sort of like the temperature being up and down. Sometimes things are up and down, but you make the best of it, so it shouldn't be uh, too much of a hassle, hopefully. So, oh, good stuff, good stuff. Just you know, just thought I'd check in that you weren't stressing out too much before we managed to get into today's discussion about the week of wrestling. No, nah, that's all good, brother. Well, I appreciate you looking out. So, you know, it's obviously with the holiday season coming out, we want to make sure that not only we're looking after each other, but we're looking out for the folks around us and making sure that we're all good. And likewise, with wrestling's coming up, we want to make sure that we're looking out for the good and the bad in the world of wrestling. We're kind of spoiled this month, though. Like, we've got December and January till, the, till my birthday, which, well, around my birthday. Pretty much always on the 29th is the Royal Rumble. Um, but it's around my birthday weekend. Um, but this month of December and January, we've got absolutely nothing, but we're really spoiled. We just had... Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel was, you know, has just happened. Uh, and then we had the NJPW show. And then we have Full Gear. And then we have Survivor Series War Games. And then, um, that, you know, like, that's a lot of wrestling content within the next three weeks. Um, and then, like, eight weeks of nothing. Yeah, it's one of those very, very interesting things. If I'm not mistaken, we're not going to have a December pay-per-view in the WWE. So we have a little bit after this kind of November season draws to a close. We'll just pretty much have the regular television and then on into January. So, I mean, it should be it should be interesting. We'll take it as a positive in the sense that they have to work with the shows and kind of build towards that. And hopefully they do. I'm super glad they're not putting on a show for putting on a show's sake. Like the news out of uh, WWE's camp is that they're getting rid of all the gimmicks and they're kind of making use of those gimmicks uh, where the feuds make sense so that Hell in the Hell, Hell Cells won't be just there because, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's good to see. Um, and it also just means that we don't have to have really janky shows that make no sense in a feud. So I'm happy about it. But, uh, it does mean then that this uh, coming December has better uh, better got some good stories to come up with so that we can all celebrate the returning Cody Rhodes at Royal Rumble number 30. Yeah, I certainly hope so, but it should be fun. You know, like we said, Papa H has been mostly hitting his stride and giving us better shows than under the VKM, so... I have hope for the future, and we'll see how, again, it builds to the 
upcoming pay-per-view and then subsequently into January. So should be uh should be good. Yeah, I have only had like one or two little gripes recently with Happy H's reign of of betterment. Uh but yeah, it's uh it is definitely we're eating well uh recently in the world of wrestling anyway. Yeah, agreed. So it's not perfect, but it's certainly better than what we had before, so I'll take it. And once again, appreciate everybody who's been supporting us with the watches and the interacting on the YouTube. Thank you so much, as well as the downloads on the audio forms on your various platforms. Appreciate it again. Thank you all so much for the support. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much. All right, and as a reminder, you can find us in a video form at youtube.com slash kfabecouncil and an audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at Cult Cabana returns and challenges Chris Jericho for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. So, as we get into it proper here, Cult Cabana returned to AEW and challenged Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. So it's an interesting note for the tiny bit of background here. Chris has been having sort of an open challenge in which now his most recent announcement was any Ring of Honor champion, be that world champion, pure champion, tag team, what have you, anyone who has held a championship in Ring of Honor is fair game to challenge Chris for the world title. So we have a Surprise of sorts, where Cole Cabana showed up on AEW television after a long absence. I have a little bit of background here that I'll share for context here. Cole Cabana made his return to AEW television this week, and he took on the current Ring of Honor World Champion Chris Jericho in an open challenge match. Despite being uh, seen excuse me, as an one-off appearance, Cabana's return on AEW Dynamite this week was done in order to boost backstage morale. AEW president Tony Khan made the de- his decision according to a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Banner was given the spotlight after months away from AEW TV because he was very well liked within AEW and has many friends in the locker room. Because Cabana is still under contract with the promotion, he could still be used on AEW television even if it isn't a long-term plan. Cabana is a much-loved figure backstage in both AEW and Ring of Honor. Recent reports indicate that he was happy in his role as an agent and producer. Around the time that CM Punk returned to wrestling in AEW, Punk's friend A. Steele was also hired as a road agent. This marked the point when Cabana's absence started from AEW television, and he was relegated to Ring of Honor. This is likely when the rumors began that Punk forced Cabana's absence from the spotlight of the promotion. So, a little background on that. I'll start us off here. Joker, when you saw and heard Colt Cabana come out for the open challenge, what were your just initial thoughts? I can see the future because last week I said I'd rather see Boom Boom Colt Cabana back on my TV and I got my wish. Legitimately, I am Joe Radamus 
Like, there is nothing I cannot foresee in the world of AEW land. Ah, come on. I was super happy. Honestly, I was singing along to the to the theme tune. I was super stoked. Um, seeing, you know, hearing boom, boom, Coke Cabana, boom, boom. It just, it just kind of got me in my seat. It just kind of giving a wee bit of a jive, you know, going on. And, um, yeah, I was just super stoked to see him come out. He had a big smile on his face. Uh, um, obviously, everybody is going to make their own assumption as to the real reason why Cole Cabana came back. I am one of them. I do not believe for a second that uh, it was done just because of the backstage uh, morale. Because, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, his opponent was Chris Jericho. Who were we talking about last week having words with Mr. CM Punk? It was Chris Jericho. Indeed. So come on. It was just a whole big middle finger to CM Punk. And if if it wasn't, and you know, if it's allegedly uh whatever you want to say to to save your behinds, um, I loved this. I thought it was fantastic because you know, Ace Steel being brought in to replace uh uh, Colt Cabana to do his duties of being an agent, being a producer, um, and you know CM Punk uh, coming in, and then like you said, he was summarily demoted uh, to Ring of Honor, uh, and then all of a sudden, Steel is gone, and CM Punk is no longer around. So who do we bring back? Uh, well, some guy in the background goes, uh, "What about Colt Cabana?" And you know TK is like, "Oh, I'm still paying that guy." Yeah, let's get him in. Yeah, cool. So I, I was super stoked. I'm I'm a big fan of this because it lends to my inner um even though I don't like to admit that I like drama sometimes that when the drama's juicy, I love this this type of drama. So I was super stoked. Yeah, it's very interesting in terms of the timing for sure. You hit it right on the head that now that a certain party is no longer Air apparent or on television or around the backstage and the locker room itself, we have the reemergence of Colt Cabana. So it's very interesting. Again, you can read into all the layers if you want. There's like so many layers. Even the fact that he isn't a Ring of Honor tag team champion. Who was he tag team champions with? CM Punk? It's like, come on! There's so many fun layers to this that it's just like how can we not as fans think that it's not a middle finger to punk like even punk is probably sat there going oh boys come on like him yeah it was it was just so funny and if you can't smile and laugh at it then uh maybe you need to be uh checked for a sense of humor bypass yeah now you hit it right on the head that being by virtue of being a two-time Ring of Honor tag team champion with the before mentioned Charles Montgomery Punk, Hulk Banner was a was allowed or was qualified to answer the open challenge to Chris Jericho. So it was nice again to see him to on AEW television. It's been quite a while. And I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, he you could tell he took it all in on the stage. He was just letting the moment breathe. The fans were elated to see him. And, you know, he's been working some matches. And again, I'll mention it in the history in a second. But he looked pretty, pretty good. You know, he wasn't, he's agile for uh, a kind of, kind of taller, slightly bigger guy. 
doing some moonsaults, doing various things. So I thought all around he held his own with Jericho, honestly, and just kind of an all-fun match. And unfortunately, he did not come away with the victory. But I thought it was mostly a feel-good moment for, like they had mentioned, sort of the backstage morale for the fans and just for Colt himself. Yeah, like definitely recent news surrounding the backstage area with uh, everybody involved has not been the best for AEW, let's face it. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the fallout with the brawlout at All Out from last week, um, uh, which obviously we talked about last week, what was quite a while ago now. And, um, you know, everybody being told that this is such a really fun uh, locker room to be a part of, and then that happens, and then, you know, it, it just seemed like a lot of um double standards really from from a lot of people and just didn't seem like it was a really good place to work so if it was brought in if he was brought back in Colkbana this is uh to help boost morale then great because it's better for these individuals to all enjoy where they're working um at the end of the day they are doing a highly stressful job a highly physical job um and uh, if just the addition of one really good uh, influence can uh, can change the the aura of the backstage, then I'm all for it. Um, like you said, he's he's a super athletic guy. Um, uh, being able to do the moves that he does with the frame that he has. Um, so I mean, I was just super stoked to see him back in the ring performing with uh, with Jericho. Uh, and yeah, gutted that he didn't get the win, but. I mean, are any of these former Ring of Honor champions meant to uh, get the win at this point? Very, very interesting to that point. Yeah, it's one of those things where we've been seeing Jericho, to his credit, he's been doing the challenges pretty regularly, if not every week. It's been pretty steady. Maybe he's missed a week or so here or there, but he's been out there. He's been putting the Ring of Honor championship on the map challenging these folks doing those matches so we've gotten a chance to see some names from the past we've seen a couple of folks that not specifically work with the company for example for example bandito so it was just nice to again just to highlight in all his piece and of kind of being that heel work of saying i want to sort of destroy and be smirch if you will the name of ring of honor he's been given it some higher position or he's been giving it some exposure and to his credit you know we've been able to see just some some fun and some surprising matches out of it yeah it's definitely uh, a good build to uh, add on top of the fuel of the rumors that there is a ring of honor television deal in the works um whether or not that is confirmed or um uh, guaranteed by the time you're listening to this, you know, we won't know. I'm not 100% sure what those details are because TK won't let me know. He doesn't tell me everything in the business. You know, we are good friends, but there's some things he keeps close to the chest. But this does give us the, the sort of insight that if you're going to try and push that deal forward and give us more wrestling on our TVs, then, uh, a really good champion 
would be Chris Jericho, name brand, name value. It's what they did with the AEW World Championship at the very start, if you remember. The very first champion was, in fact, Chris Jericho, which was a very good um, champion to have uh, spearhead your brand new company. So who better than Chris Jericho to sort of spearhead a new revolution for Ring of Honor and then have him summarily uh, dismissed by a an either an equally big name or a fantastic up and comer slash Ring of Honor uh, uh, Ring of Honor alumnus. I think those are really good points. I was just about thinking when you made the distinction of Jericho being a name brand and kind of bringing some prestige is the wrong word, but just bringing some clout and some exposure to it. And again, AEW just did the same thing like you'd mentioned with their first world champion being Jericho. So it was nice to see the match. It was fun and all around. So before mentioned that we, it's been a while since we had seen Colt Cabana on AEW television or sort of around and a little piece of the backstage notion. He is now sort of relegated is the wrong word, but he's now part of the Ring of Honor roster. So for insight, the two Ring of Honor shows that we had in 2022 so far, Hulkabana has been on those shows. The April 1st Supercard of Honor, he defeated Blake Christian. And the July 23rd show, the Death Before Dishonor, he defeated Anthony Henry. So he's been prominent on the sort of relaunch of the Ring of Honor product under Tony Khan, the Sugar Man, Tony Money. But before Wednesday's match, his last match, not counting the matches in Germany for GameCon, was March 4th, 2022 of this year on AEW Dark, where he teamed with Alan Angels in a losing effort to the Butcher and the Blade. So that was March. And then Cabana's last match on a televised AEW program came on November 24th of last year, 2021, in a losing effort to Brian Danielson on Dynamite. So again, we mentioned that it has been quite a while since we've been able to see Cole Cabana. Almost a full year on TV. Almost a full year indeed. November 24 was that match against Danielson. I didn't realize it was that long. Jeepers. So it's been, you know, the heart grows fond for something that's been away for quite a while. But again, that was kudos to not only Tony Khan for putting Colt Cabana in the match, to Colt himself for being beloved by fans as well as the friends in the locker room. And just the response said it all right there. Hmm. So it was just all around, just a really nice kind of welcome back to him. He's working and in part again for Ring of Honor. So like you had mentioned, we'll likely to see what's kind of going to go on with Ring of Honor going forward. Could he occasionally show up on some AEW shows going forward? I don't see why not. Obviously, that's up to Tony Khan, but... In terms of where he sort of stands, yeah, it's going to be mostly on Ring of Honor shows. But it's yeah, it it, it just it just seems like now he's going to have more of a presence in the backstage of of AEW. Like if if he's not on my screen, um, 
you know, like with the last year, obviously it's been a year since we've seen him on TV. I'm not going to be like, oh no, where's Cole Cabana? We need Cole Cabana. Like I enjoy Cole Cabana when he's on my TV screen. Um, and I think he's a really good talent. And I think if the locker room is very receptive to him, then he needs to be used in the place that he is the most benefit to them, especially in this current climate for their locker room. But I do see him being that um, elder statesman in Ring of Honor. Um, and hopefully they can strike a deal, sort things out where Ring of Honor is more prevalent on the TV or on the internet or wherever they need to wherever they need to put it um, so that the talent that is currently not being used by TK on AEW um, like the Colt Cabanas can all be shunted uh, to a spotlight where they can shine whether or not they're going to use Ring of Honor as a developmental territory sort of thing is besides the point but the more reps they get that is not on a YouTube show, then it's going to be better for them. If they're out in front of uh, crowds and on our TV screens, they're going to get an awful lot more uh, benefit from that. I feel personally, because dark and dark elevation, I mean, personally, I'm just not feeling it. So I would prefer... Ring of Honor to have a resurgence, uh, a one show a week style of deal, and we have that that show there. I mean, it would be great to see. It would be also great to have people who are on Dark and Dark Elevation moved there as well, and maybe one of those shows cancelled. You know, sure, keep and like have one of them, but um, make sure that those people are are fighting for some reason. And moving on to Ring of Honor or AEW, uh, I just don't feel that uh, their current system of YouTube shows works. It's a really good point. With the inclusion of Ring of Honor into the three hours of AEW television that we have per week, Dynamite and Rampage, we've been seeing trying to spread the love around. We've seen the aforementioned Ring of Honor World Championship with Chris Jericho being defended. We've seen Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor television champion, on screen, but we haven't seen him defend the title really a ton. We've seen a defense of the pure championship now held by Daniel Garcia. So in addition to trying to filter in, obviously, the All-Atlantic championship, the AEW world title, the TBS, the not often defended TNT championship. No fault. Sorry, Wardlow, but it's just, it's one of those things. So it's really on TK. It's not about you, brother, but it's beneficial to the fact that if Ring of Honor had maybe like a one hour television show, you can kind of filter those folks in there. And I do like the fact that you mentioned that Colt Cabana, along with a couple other names, can be an elder statesman for Ring of Honor. And to that point, Cole Cabana actually dates back to his association with Ring of Honor, back all the way to 2002, where we had Cabana makes his debut in Ring of Honor on December 7th, 2002, where he defeated CM Punk, interestingly to note, at Ring of Honor Night of the Butcher, 
And then a couple of notes here just in regards to Cabana's history with that. In addition to that match, he had him feuding with Homicide, mostly known for uh, Impact, and culminating with a brutal Chicago street fight on April 1st, 2006. Same year, we had a pair of hard-fought matches with Ring of Honor World Champion Brian Danielson, Ring of Honor's 100th, 100th show, excuse me, on April 22nd, 2006, in a 60-minute time limit draw in a two-out-of-three falls match where each wrestler earned one fall on August 26th. So they had a nice series of matches in 2006. And then the last bit of note here, after returning to Ring of Honor after spells in WWE and the independent circuit, Cabana, Cabana excuse me, began a commentator's role alongside wrestling in 2017. So, has a couple stints in Ring of Honor, has worked in multiple roles, again, by all accounts, really well-liked in terms of the locker room, and I feel like, to your point about being an elder statesman, and the history with the company, I think he would be a really good fit to be continued to be utilized in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Wouldn't it be really good if we saw like a resurgence of Ring of Honor on the 20th anniversary of, of his of his uh, sort of debut? I think that'd be fun. Anyway, um, it would be super cool to see that kind of thing happen. Um, and yeah, him having a long storied past with the company just means that there is sort of that room to have those old stalwarts uh, be really good uh, representations of the company. And you mentioned the fact that the some of the Ring of Honor championships have been defended on AEW TV. Now, we have made mention that the AEW roster is a little bit big, maybe a little bit heavy on the individuals, and not everybody's getting screen time. And that is not any more uh, prevalent than the fact that these Ring of Honor titles have been defended by AEW talent. These championships are not AEW championships or Ring of Honor, but all of the individuals who have them had them and have them, with the exception of Joe, because Joe was initially said to be Ring of Honor, but we've seen that he's all elite. Um, everybody has been. Uh, an AEW wrestler. So if we took those wrestlers off TV and we had those titles on Ring of Honor TV, then we would have more room for the unused talent that is not be, you know, maybe the Wardlows of the world uh, could actually defend their title a little bit more regularly. Um, like it, it wasn't so long ago that we had the main man, the nightmare, Cody Rhodes, the absolute genius of the ring. Um, you know, defending that thing in open challenge, you know, back in the pandemic days. Uh, and he was doing that weekly by weekly, you know, whenever. Um, and it was just one of the things that whenever Mr. Booty Lee took over the title, it was heavily defended as well. And it was a big part of the shows. And now we don't have that anymore, but we do have this Ring of Honor representation. And I'm not saying it's coming in and taking over the time. I'm just saying the time hasn't been used quite as well. Uh, so if we do have a specific place for those titles to be defended, it would be better to see those uh, defended there, especially considering we had more tag team matches with FTR who are 
the Ring of Honor, IWGP, Triple A, uh, World Tag Team Champions, and they had more matches on TV than the Tag Team Champions Swerve in Our Glory. So again, another big representation of belts that don't have the AEW branding on them being shown off on AEW TV. Uh, could this have been used better? Yes. So let's push everybody to the Ring of Honor side of TV. Keep AEW for AEW people. If we can have at least seven hours of WWE TV, then why can't we have more than three hours of AEW TV? And that would include Ring of Honor being under that AEW umbrella. If we're able to get maybe just an hour show for Ring of Honor, yeah, we can still obviously have some crossover between the AEW roster, to say, and the folks assigned to Ring of Honor. Obviously, you can still have some crossover. But yeah, things like having Samoa Joe, television champion, the eventual person who takes it off of Jericho, you know, have a nice piece of, if it's still Daniel Garcia being the pure champion, still have him be on a Ring of Honor show as well as being featured in Jericho's stable. We can still see the sometimes, but hopefully not forgotten, women's champion of Mercedes Martinez. Things like that. I would still like to see Brian Cage, whose Ring of Honor roster the Gates of Agony I would like to see potentially more of. So there's there's folks that I would like to see more if they could be slotted into a Ring of Honor show. And that would also free up some time on an AEW television show where we could see some more segments, filter in some more people. So fingers crossed, it might be advantageous to all parties involved that we can swing that. Yeah, definitely. I would like to see would like to see that sort of thing because I, I really would like to see Brian Cage more. Um, obviously, with the recent match of Wardrobe versus the Gates of Agony, uh, Gates of Agony have been represented a little bit more these past couple of weeks. First saw them at it was a death of Fort Dishonor. Uh, whenever um, since Nana brought them out, um, really, I think maybe even Tolly brought them out before that. But whatever it was, I've really enjoyed their look, their style, very bruisery, very very hard hitting, very very big guys. Um, and whenever you look at that and you go, oh, these guys need more TV time. It's like, well, it's the same with Brian Cage. How do you get them more TV time? You put them on Ring of Honor. Uh, and then, you know, fan- fantasy booking here for a second as well. If you have your Ring of Honor guys and you have your AEW guys and they're both owned by the same guy, you can even have some sort of angle where you can do a Survivor Series-esque invasion um, pay-per-view once per year where it's aw versus ring of honor you know championships on the line um things like this here uh and then you would have aw wrestlers win a ring of honor championship you'd see them more on ring of honor and maybe whoever they lost uh whoever they beat now turns up on aw tv you know and stuff like this here there'd be a nice there'd be nice incentives that way you would get a championship, you'd be able to propel your 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 whole thing and on on one stage and likewise the other side, somebody beats a TNT ch- uh, title holder, then they could end up on AWTV. It'd be there's nice things in store for this 
um, in my mind, but my mind is not TK's mind. And it's very dangerous to let a billionaire have multiple companies and him not to know what to do with. So I just hope he makes the right decision regarding all of his wrestlers uh, and we see some sort of payoff to him having Ring of Honor uh, more so than just maybe we get to see the back catalog um, on a uh, on a web uh, on a web bank. I'm down for it. I think the things that you mentioned would be advantageous and it would be really good. Some crossover, some potential select cross promotion in and around their respective shows, build some kind of friendly rivalry in a sorts. I think there's good to come out of it for sure. But going back to the main topic here with the association of Ring of Honor has with AEW, the nature of Colt Cabana being able or sort of qualifying for the challenge set by Chris Jericho, him being a former Ring of Honor champion, again being a tag team champion, I have a little bit of an interesting game here, Joker, that I'd like to play with you. It's a word association game. We have a piece here where, again, Chris just said any former Ring of Honor champion, any type of champion, can challenge. So I have some names pulled from the AEW roster that folks have held a Ring of Honor championship in one facet or another. So I'll just kind of do a sort of rapid fire. I'll name a wrestler and you maybe say your quick impression of would you be potentially interested in that match or... You're not interested at all, or maybe a little thing. So just throw some okay. names, and maybe you just throw a little reaction out. So Yeah, sounds good. All right, I'll for, start with the first one here, Adam Cole. Heck yeah, baby. Yeah, I want to see him fight Chris Jericho. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Brody King. <sighs> no. Okay. No, I don't want to see him fight Chris Jericho, but that's interesting. Okay. Cash Wheeler. No. Christopher Daniels. Yeah, sure. I'd like to see Christopher Daniels again. Um, yeah. he, he's, one, he's one of those guys in the Colt Cabana line of things, though. So anyway, yeah. All right. Dax Harwood. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dax the Axe would do good. Frankie Kazarian. No. No. Hangman Adam Page. No. Jay Lethal. Nah. Keep him away too. Yeah. Mm. Jeff Hardy. Yeah. That's an interesting one. That's a beard scratcher right there. I'd like to see that. If, you know, Jeff willing and, and you know, is his body is willing, then yeah, definitely. Josh Woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Big fan of Josh Woods. Kyle O'Reilly. Again, body permitting. Yeah, definitely. Would like to see that. Matt Hardy. Unlike the brother, I might have to pass on this one. Matt Jackson. 
think this is for the same with with cash for me. Like I like Dax the Axe taking on Chris, but I might have to say no to the single members of tag teams now. Matt Seidel. Mm, not feeling Seidel. He's cooled off too much. Matt Taven. If he had done it, like, instead of Cole Cabana, I would have said yes. But now he's embroiled somewhere else. No. Mike Bennett. <sighs> kind of the same thing with, with Taven. Mm, no, let's go no. Nick Jackson. Yeah, no. No, it's a no from me. Roosh. <sighs> Roosh would be good, though. Yeah, that'd be a hard-hitting match. I'd like to see Roosh, because, yeah, 100%. Samoa Joe. Oh. No. I, and I don't think we've ever had that matchup, Chris Jericho versus Samoa Joe. I'm scratching the beard to think. I don't think we have. That's not something I, re- I remember ever watching. If we did, then I'm completely wrong, but that would be really, really, really good. I'd like to see that. Scorpio Sky. Yes, please. Actually, you know what? Scorpio Sky would be my pick to dethrone Chris Jericho. I mm. love Scorpio Sky. I think he's great. I really want to see this guy do well, and I'm just so annoyed that the TNT thing didn't work out for him. So yeah. Bring Scorpio Sky on, 100%. Wheeler Yuda. <clears throat> Only if he gets through Daniel Bryan first. <laughs> Bryan Danielson. Delete is appropriate. Still in my head. And I have a couple of non-contracted AEW folks, but are still active, that have had a championship in Ring of Honor. So just a couple here. PCO. No, not interested. Eddie Edwards. Mm, no. Davy Richards. Be an interesting one. Agreed. I'd say yeah. Jay Briscoe. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go. Oh, actually, I don't know because I did say yes to Dax. Jay Briscoe. Let's go with no, just because I've already set a precedent and I've already broken that precedent once. I can't do it again. <laughs> so we'll 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 pair him, Jay, along with Mark Briscoe as well. Yes. So. Austin Aries. As much as I want to see the fallout from Austin Aries just turning up on AW TV and Jericho going, nah, go away. Um, no, I don't, I don't think, don't think we could have that one on TV, please. All right. Two more. Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm a big fan of Cobb. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Last one here. Tama Tonga. Ooh. Yeah. One ahead of that too. You saved two real bangers for the end there, bud. Yeah. So those folks would technically qualify for a challenge for Chris Jericho. 
They've had a Ring of Honor championship in the past. So of the names mentioned, there were some really cool ones. I think Samoa Joe would be just an interesting just matchup for Chris. May not have seen that before. You know, folks like Jeff Cobb would be fantastic. Just another big guy who's reasonably athletic. You know, Tamatanka is just really hot right now in New Japan. So yeah, some interesting matchups for sure. I would like to see a handful of those as well. So I'm in kind of in agreement with you for sure. The good bad guy would be uh, a great addition uh, to uh, to the matches, and uh, we all know it well. Some people will know how I feel about Jeff Cobb. PT definitely knows. But you know, if the more the more we see Jeff Cobb on AWB or in Ring of Honor, would be uh, would be just fantastic. So via excuse me. So via virtue of this past week's episode of Rampage, we actually found out who the next challengers are for the Ring of Honor Championship. In a backstage, we ended up seeing Chris Jericho agree to fight Claudio Castagnoli and Daniel Bryan, answering sort of their challenge from an earlier backstage, and for further emphasis and possible protection, maybe dissension, Sammy Guevara. So we're having a four-way matchup between all folks there mentioned, which is going to be happening at full gear. That's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, the fact that Chris Jericho's already broke his rule. Sammy Guevara, to my knowledge, has never held a Ring of Honor championship. And he does have the Ring of Honor pure champion right there. So, um, that being jokingly said, uh, I really do like this match because um, Claudio pointed out that he did not have his rematch. There is no such nonsense as no rematch clauses in AEW. So that's really good to see. Um, and the fact that uh, Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan, the guy that is called American Dragon, uh, just continues to want to fight Chris Jericho. Um, and this time it's not for the custody of his adopted child, uh, Danny Garcia. Um, I, I, I'm just really, I'm really stoked to see these big names. And this lands to my point earlier on, these big names wanting to fight over this belt. Like, not only are they trying to defend the honor of Ian Riccoboni, um, that they are trying to take this belt away from an interloper like Chris Jericho, uh, because they have had um, dealings with Rick Ring of Honor before, uh, and they always adhere to the code of honor, um, and they are you know big stalwarts of the company. So it's super cool to see that these two are the individuals that we're going to have in the match versus Jericho on top of the like you mentioned before, defensive measure of Sami Guevara. Now this leads itself to a, num a multitude of possibilities here. First of which, do we see Chris Jericho losing to anyone at full gear? Those are always tough pieces when you have a multi-man matchup, when there's three or four or more folks involved. In a matchup, it's a device where the champion can lose the title without being pinned or submitted or 
things of that nature. So they have a gripe or a grievance to sort of want to get it back. But the odds are stacked against Jericho in this one. So it's definitely a possibility that he may end up losing this one. It's usually a match reserved for when you need the champion or challenger, one of, uh, to have an additional body in there to keep one of them strong so that the challenger can beat somebody else in order to keep the champion strong or the champion can beat the other person in order to keep the other challenger strong. Uh, they're not directly losing, so it's, it's, it's definitely in there as a defensive mechanism. Um, does Jericho meet this criteria? Funnily enough, no. He doesn't need to be kept strong. But he does need to be kept important enough to maintain the story uh, of the Ring of Jericho. Do I think he can lose? Him personally, he won't be pinned. But I think there is a very real possibility that the championship could change hands in this four-way. Because of the nature of a four-way, I do believe that this is probably, of all the defenses that he's had before, no disrespect to any of the gentlemen who came before, this is probably the kind of biggest challenge that he will seek in order to hold on to it. There's a strong possibility he's dropping the belt here. Mm. I'm in agreement with you for sure. Yeah, it's just definitely one of those things that there will come a time in the match, and we'll talk about it in a second, um, where the the two BCC guys are going to fight. And it'll be once the two JAS guys have been taken out. I believe that that is going to come first. The JAS guys will be taken out, and then the two BCC guys are going to fight. Um, and then they'll not seven shades of ish out of each other. And then the JS guys will pick the bones. Now, at this point, we heard that Chris Jericho is bringing Sammy in so that he can do the right thing, little guy. Do you think, PT, because I'm going to steal this from you, do you think, given this opportunity, Sammy Guevara is actually going to be able to do the right thing. We saw his reaction to Chris's sort of smarky comment and had a little bit of a distant stare in his eye. So you had the sort of gears turning behind the scenes, behind the eyes. If I'm sort of fantasy booking this, I'm in agreement that the Blackpool folks will end up taking out the JAS guys. They'll fight for a little bit. There will come a time where with the JAS, Jericho, and Sammy getting the heat back and the Brian and Claudio powder to the outside. And it's just the two of them, Jericho and Sammy in the ring. And Chris is going to ask him to do the right thing and sort of lay down. Sammy's going to be conflicted. This is his opportunity to hold a world championship. And it's going to be a tough decision. There's going to be a little bit of dissension in there. I can go one of, I feel like I'd want there to be dissension and I'll have a little fence, bit. PT. Yeah. I'll I want, I, I would like to have a little bit more character development 
we talked about it before, Sammy, he was in the inner circle, he went out on his own, he came back to Chris's side in the JS. For development, I would like to see Sammy just stand up to Chris and have that peace and see, may, is he ready to kind of stand on his own? I'd like to see it. Not sort of like in a betrayal sense, but like, hey, it's just business. I'm trying to go for the title type of thing. So I would like to see them turn on each other is the wrong word, but Sammy, like, I, I have to do this. I have to fight for me. And they'll still kind of get along post-match and be like, you know, they'll argue and not exactly the Daniel Garcia, Chris Jericho, like, what are you doing type of thing? You know, are you in or out type of deal? But there'll definitely be some tension type of thing. So that's where I would like it to see. Yeah, um, it kind of brings me back to the G1 uh, over the summer there where we had members of the Bullet Club competing against each other in the G1 where everybody was like, oh, the Bullet Club's just going to rig the matches. They're going to rig their matches. And you did see that in some of the matchups, members of, of the Bullet Club were laying down for each other and then they'd kick out with, you know, oh, sorry, you know, I'm only messing. And then they'd kick out again. You'd be like, I thought we, you know, we were dealing with this. Um, and, uh, you know, then they went into an absolute barn burner of an actual match. Uh, you know, it was every single time it happened. It was fantastic. I love to see it. So I would really like to see something similar here from Sammy where he does go down and he does the good, he does the, the right thing uh, and then kicks out and then kind of walks away and he's rubbing his head. He's going, look, you know, I'm only messing. He goes down again and then he rolls the pin up and Chris Jericho has to kick out. And then we go into an actual bit of a match uh, only to be broken up by then the incoming uh, recovering Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, American Dragon, Delita's appropriate. Um, Daniel Garcia's dad, um, and Claudio Castagnoli. So like, I would love to see that sort of interaction happen, because, like you said, I feel like that would be really good character development for Sammy, um, and it would it would go a long way to helping me personally like Sammy again, uh, because he has ha still got some of that Sammy Guevara TNT title reign stink on him. I didn't. I'm not really a huge fan of him right now. I would honestly prefer Danny Garcia to be in this match because he has more links to um, the the other individuals in the match anyway. Uh, but you know, it, it's 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 kind of either here nor there because Sammy Guevara is getting another shot on TV uh, at a, a pay per view rather. Um, so it's good to see him there, and I hope that this is going to be one of those matches that really tries to steal the spotlight of the night. Regardless, I think with those four guys, athletic enough, there's power in there. It's just going to be a fun match. I just hope they execute it well, and I'd just be curious on how TK decides what the outcome is going to be. So, Well, I can tell you one spot. 100% I can tell you one spot, and it's going to be Claudio Casagnoli with Sami Guevara, Ryan Danielson on his back, Given the swing to Chris Jericho. He is 100% in training to do that. He's going to do it to all three. He's, he's worked on two people so far. If he's not doing it for three people, like, come on. Come on, Claudio. We need to, we need to see the stupid feats of strength, brother. If you're curious, check out one of our latest shorts, the Claudio Goes Beast Mode. For 
a representation of what we think is going to happen. <laughs> but we're both in agreement. We'd like to see something from Sammy kind of step up and again, leaning more towards character development. So would that lead to a possible quote unquote crack in the JAS? We've seen a little bit of dissension from Daniel Garcia in the past. So it leads credence to Sammy trying to step up a little bit and, and have onus. Would this be a maybe like feud or anything like that? I'm not quite sure. It would do more for Sammy, obviously, than it would for Chris, which is always good. You want to see elevation of the younger talent, but if it goes down that road, honestly, I would I would see it only being maybe a one-match piece for Sammy and Chris, realistically. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see um, the potential for actual cracks to form in the JAS because we have already shown it to be a swerve from Chris Jericho. I did also kind of call that that was a possibility a while ago. Don't mean to toot my own Joker Damas horn again, but uh, it is pretty. it was pretty obvious it's Chris Jericho for current light. But he does not do the same thing back-to-back in the same sort of stretch of time. So if there was to be another crack to form, I feel like this one wouldn't be a swerve. Um, and I would sort of want to play the long con and have this sort of thing where you know sammy does have this long drawn out competitive match and then you know he goes on he has another competitive match and wins builds a bit of a streak and then maybe him and uh danny garcia you know the stepson of brian brian danielson uh sort of kind of get into something and then they have a sort of mini feud and then we see the two children of Chris Jericho starting to, to fight. And um, maybe maybe Sammy versus Danny Garcia could become a thing for the pure championship. Um, not 100% sure how that would go, because Guevara doesn't feel like he'd be the type to challenge for that one. But stranger things have happened. I mean, a sports entertainer holds the ring of honor uh, for a championship. So. That's a fair point. But we see the other side of this matchup here. We see Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli in this matchup too. This isn't the first time that we've seen BCC members face off, notably John Moxley and Brian Danielson. Hard fart matchup, but a respectable and a handshake afterwards. So even Regal has mentioned that they train against one another. So it's sort of only business in a sense if they have to face one another. We both foresee that there'll be a matchup or some spots between Claudio and Brian, but in the same nature of dissension or cracks for the JS, do you feel like that could potentially be a thing? What are your thoughts, brother? So the BCC is an interesting sort of uh, collective of individuals. We have this idea of factions that um, factions are meant to be friends factions are meant to look out for each other they're meant to help each other and they're meant to do everything to make sure that whenever they're in a match they elevate the person perfect example is is the bloodline currently doing everything they can to make sure roman retains at every opportunity so that being said the bcc is an outlier even the jas has people coming down and helping chris jericho survive any onslaught 
but whenever you see members of the Blackpool Combat Club coming out to their music, they come out alone. They come out to their match and they do that. Job's done, job's good. And the only exception is whenever there's been tag team matches and it's been Claudio and Wheeler Yuta coming out together to Claudio's music. Um, and it's just one of those things that on the formation of the BCC, when we had Max go, I don't trust anybody unless I bleed with them. And then we had that barn burner of a match in which we saw the debut of Regal, which was great. Um, and then now more recently, we're seeing cracks form between um, Danny Garcia's dad and Wheeler Yuta because Wheeler Yuta uh, got his title taken away by Danny Garcia and Danny Garcia's dad is currently being a little bit of a D-bag to him. So whenever you've seen your supposedly, you know, your your violence daddy in John Moxley being friends with the guy who took your championships daddy in Daniel Garcia, um, you know, them two are friends, but you never really had a relationship with Danny Garcia's daddy. I know I'm being very convoluted here, but it's very funny that I keep doing this and PT keeps smiling that I'm calling Brian Danielson Danny Garcia's daddy. Um, like, Wheeler Yuta, in, in terms of storyline, never really had a relationship with Brian Danielson. It was always through John Moxley, because that's who he who he fought with. That's who he had that big crimson mask, wrote BCC on his chest, and then they all came down. And you know, he's 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 hung out more with Claudio. He's hung out with John Moxley, but we've never really seen him hang out with uh, with Brian Danielson. And that's who the crack has formed with. Do I see personally an issue with these guys fighting each other? No, because they are the violence company. Like they are just straight up want to beat the absolute tar out of everybody. Um, and they are your typical guys who want to fight and then forget about it. Like, you know, we, we, we did our fight, we got out of our system. Um, you know, you were the better guy this time, I'll be the better guy next time. Kind of mentality is how I see the BCC. Personally, it would affect the JAS more if this sort of kind of crack thing was happening to them. I just don't see anything other than a Wheeler Yuta slash Daniel Bryan, Brian Dennison, Danny Garcia's dad, American Dragon fight. And then for them to be like, okay, cool. You beat the crap out of me. I beat the crap out of you. I pinned you. You have my respect. Like, hold my hands up. Fair days. I'll get you next time, sort of deal. Um, I'd really like to see that. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the BCC, personally. And if it is, they're doing the wrong thing. I'll agree with you. The record is stated, and I agree with all your points, that there's a little bit of that dissension, possibly, between Wheeler and Brian, so between Claudio and Danielson, they'll lock up, they'll have some moves and stuff, but they'll they'll walk away, they'll shake hands, and they'll go back to the locker room. So I don't foresee it in terms of that, but maybe there could be a Wheeler Utah come down to the ring during this match, cheer on Claudio, cheer on Danielson type of thing, add a little layer, I don't know. They're not known for doing that per se. They always sort of respect you. You win. You win on your own type of thing, and they're not known for interference. But Wheeler 
spoke up or as Brian would say, kind of talked back to him in that little sit down with Renee. Brian, being the father that he is, was a little upset. Claudio, the uncle, had to come in and sort of try to smooth things over. That notwithstanding, I'm in agreement it'll be fine, but the piece with Wheeler would be the more interesting thing to watch. Yeah, definitely that fallout. Because whenever Wheeler lost the Pure Championship to uh, the stepson of Chris Jericho slash uh, <laughs> Danny Garcia's... <laughs> Danny Gar- I'm just going to try and keep coming up with multiple ways to pop you here, dude. Sorry. Anyway, whenever Wheeler Yuta lost to Donny Garcia and lost the Pure Championship, we had that whole thing um, where he huffed in the corner. Um, I would really like to see more of Wheeler Yuta going forward because um, he is one of the talents that you want to see being pushed, him and Danny Garcia. These are the people who have to have this company built upon their backs. We can't be relying on the Debrys, we can't be relying on the Chris Jericho's and the, the Claudio's and the John Moxes forever. These kids have a really bright future ahead of them, and we should be building towards having them be future stars, not afterthoughts. Um, it's like you know, we're we're about to have uh, you know, um, MJF versus John Moxley. Like, if MJF wins that, let's say he does, that's a pillar that at 26 years of age is just one the richest prize in their company. That's a big deal. And that those are the guys that you need to be building this thing upon. You don't need to be making sure that you spend $3 million, $4 million on some decrepit old uh, bag of bones that breaks a bone every time they win a championship and has to go away for six months and then gets so annoyed that they have to eat muffins and cry about it on a pay-per-view. Like You don't want to build your company on that guy. You need to be building it on these guys that you know you want to be paying the more the, the you want to be paying more money and um you want to be seeing on your TV screen more regularly. So I just feel like it's one of those things that uh we need to see the company going forward being built on those younger guys rather than maybe Chris Jericho's. You always want to work towards the future, you always want to have a strong card now but always be building up stars for the future, like we said. I'm in agreement. I'd definitely like to see more from those younger folks and having them under the learning tree of folks like a Chris Jericho, folks like a John Moxley or a Brian Danielson or a Claudio, I think is good for them. Helps them be in the spotlight as well. They can learn from these guys. It's proven in the history. You are paired with a main eventer you get on tv all the things you can and you usually better yourself so i'm down for it i'm in agreement. i'd like to see more but we'll see how things pan out but with all that said those were our thoughts on the ring of honor match with colt cabana and chris jericho our thoughts on who we'd like to see potentially fight for ring of honor championship and then the ideas of how the outcome of the next coming match can be. If you agreed with us, let us know down in the comments below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and let us know what you thought of Colcabana returning and the Ring of Honor Championship situation. 
Don't worry if you are wondering what our opinions on the upcoming Full Gear matches will be. Only five have been announced so far. There will be another 15 in short order, I am sure. And we will probably do a show running down who we think is going to win what title and why it's going to be Colt Cabana winning them all. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know. <laughs> all right, coming up to quick hits. For some of the newer listeners here, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week in professional wrestling that we enjoyed and we wanted to share those moments that sort of popped the boys that we didn't get a chance to talk about full-fledged in a topic in the show, but we wanted to share with you folks. So I have one here, and it comes from AEW Dynamite. At the conclusion of the Jay Lethal Darby Allen match, we see Allen, excuse me, see Allen beaten down by Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dunn, Satnam Singh, and Cole Carter of the factory. But then we hear Sting's music. And then we see a mysterious figure emerge behind Darby, dressed in all black. We see this figure proceed to hit Alan with a guitar shot. And it's revealed to be the last outlaw himself. T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Who, of course, getting in the spirit of Halloween doing a decent job of dressing up as the character Seven, Dustin Rhodes' character in WCW, sans white face paint. <laughs> I watched this, and only now with you pointing it out, you're 100% right, he's Seven. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then we see Jarrett talks about the history. His family's been in the wrestling business since 1946. He's a two-time Hall of Famer, a 12-time world champion, but most importantly of all, TNA Impact circa 2006 is now all elite. Motor City Machine Guns, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Samoa Joe. We might have a possible Jeff Jarrett versus Sting matchup coming up. Hot dang. Why are you so right about this? <laughs> you know what? With all due respect, forget Vince Russo. Let's not put the young kids on TV. Let's get the let's get the old guys coming out. What's old is new again, brother. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett versus Sting is a real possibility. That whenever I saw him come out dressed as Sting, I never thought. And then yeah, just we need to have uh, we need to have. Uh, Samoa Joe come out with that stupid face tattoo just for absolute giggles. Um, I I never even thought about this. It wasn't something that I I even had crossed my mind. I watched it live and I go, Jeff Jarrett, ooh, interesting. You know, and then you read later that he's going to be helping with the sort of expansion, potential business stuff, which kind of makes sense. You know, he and his dad, Jerry, Helped launch TN NWA TNA in 2002. So he's he's worked with you know Global Force and all these various things. So he's got a business acumen and he and it runs in his family. So it kind of makes sense. But 
upon looking back, I go, man, there's very TNA going on in AEW right now. Interesting. So that's what sparked my interest looking back, having taken a moment to look at that segment. Yeah, now that you just put it into perspective, like the fact that I never watched a lot of TNA and I, I watched it all, I got all of my I got all of my TNA via like clips and stuff way after the fact. Um, it's probably why I never sort of thought about this sort of thing. But even the seven thing, now that you've mentioned it, I just have that promo where Dustin's like, see, see this that they've got me in? Like, it's just everything is is right there. <laughs> it's funny. And that, that, that's, a, that's a quick hit. Yeah, interesting that the wrestling community has made sort of illusions that AEW has some WCW elements to it. Interesting that we've come the chosen one. Jeff Jarrett has made an arrival there, but it's one of those I just wanted to share. And I sort of popped after the fact and I go, oh man, when it hit in my brain, I was like, yes, please. I just want to see where this bollocks goes. Yeah, that's, and I'm just so thankful. It's, it's Jeff Jarrett leading the charge for this bollocks too. That's, that's the best thing about it. It's Jeff Jarrett doing it. <laughs> it's out of control. I can continue going on, but yeah, that can be a whole nother discussion going forward. But that was my quick hit for the week. Uh, Joker, did you have a quick hit for this week? I do have one, but it's, it's not quite as hilariously pointing stuff out. It's just it really made me happy to see. Uh, and it comes from this past week's Friday Night Smackdown. Obviously, ring pre-taped as we did have Crown Jewel today. It has been in the wrapping books. And for my quick hit, we see the Usos come out of the ring. They are just milling about, and they've got their their, their titles on their back, looking all cool because we the ones. And then they announce that they're on their way to make history to become the longest reigning tag team champions ever. And the crowd start to chant. Just oozy, Um, As the New Day's music hits, it's like, boom! You just hear the New Day music hits after these chants of Usi. And uh, Kofi and Xavier obviously start making their way to the ring, microphones in hand. A few weeks ago, when we saw the uh, New Day first sort of cross paths with the Usos yet again, um, we saw that uh, Xavier was like, how Jay was so lucky to have two daddies. Um, and I did mention at the time that we might have a short feud to cap off the reign of Jay and Jimmy, obviously a sort of passing of the torch thing. So to see them come out really brought a big smile to my face because I was like, yes, because obviously the Bruce are going to lose. Then we get this like sort of little mini feud coming off. The new, the new day make their way to the ring and Kofi mentions how they're rooting for the Brutes. They get into the ring. Xavier gets on the mic and mic and says, if "Some if somehow by some bloodline stroke of luck, they make it past the brutes, then they need to understand one thing: that when they're on that plane flying back home, as soon as they touch back down on American soil, they will have the longest reigning WWE World Tag Team Champions waiting to tear you limb from limb." Tech the record, and yes, as you were doing it there, it's like I was doing the same thing whenever you know, got a swivel the hips as he's doing. World tag team 
champions. Um, the Usos are obviously remembering all of the battles that they've had with the New Day over the years because it's been a long story lineage. Um, and Kofi just exclaims, in other words, we got next, which I loved. Then Xavier just starts off a New Day Rocks chant. This entire little microcosm of a mini feud to me is just so good because I love the New Day. I love what the Usos are doing right now. And to have them acknowledge that the New Day are the current longest reigning champions and to have to pass that torch on to the, the Usos if that's what they're doing, I'm assuming that they're going to do that. There's no reason not to. It's just another nice little notch in the belt, uh, a feather in the cap, if you will, if you will, um, for the boys just taking it to the next level. This segment obviously ends with a, with a brawl, um, but that's kind of neither here nor there because we all always knew that that was going to happen. Um, I just love, love this little acknowledgement on the fact that the boys were like, we're going to defend our, we're going to defend our reign. Um, so what are you, what are you going to do about it, Usos? It's a nice exclamation point to mind the fact that they've had about 407 matches in the past two years, basically. But they've yeah. all been really strong matchups and they work well together. So, you know, we'll put that aside. But to have the New Day defend that honor and sort of have that passing of the torch to cement the Usos if they indeed go on to do that is a nice kind of icing on the cake and that acknowledgement would just it works so well and i think it's the nice end of a sentence for it for sure yeah it's definitely one of those things like you said they've had a lot of matches together over the years um it we we all remember the uh the rap battles and stuff like this here like the the chemistry that these guys have in the ring like we we made fun earlier in the year that the street profits and the usos was just like it was practically every week we saw that let's not forget that back in the day we saw the usos versus the new day versus ftr or sorry um the revival oh, Jeepers, the revival i was about to say what was their what was their old name yeah versus the revival a lot like we saw those three teams mixing it up a lot as well as some other teams that came and went but those were the three big ones um that we saw an awful lot and it's just one of those things that um we're bringing back a bit of history and it's not just for the titles it's for a piece of history it's for a chance to be in their minds remembered as the longest reigning wwe world tag team champions yeah the nice icing on the cake the nice exclamation point I I like it. I'm looking forward to we're recording this on the day of the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, but if they indeed go on to defeat the Brawling Brutes, I'm just looking forward to another New Day Usos matchup. I know they've had about 600 matches even last year, but still, I'm enjoying it regardless and it'll just be another fun one. Yeah, 100%. All right, so those were our quick hits. If you have any quick hits from this week in the world of professional wrestling, let us know down in the comments section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and let us know what you enjoyed. 
from this week in professional wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us. Joker, how was that for you, brother? Felt fun. This was another good one. Yeah, that was another good one for sure. Definitely, we're sat last night stressing over what we were going to talk about and uh, just do to give a little insight as to uh what was happening pt was definitely running around screaming joker what are we going to do we've got nothing to talk about and i was like pt calm down it's fine we'll just talk about this and we just we pulled it out of the bag because you know it, it's whenever whenever word of wrestling gives us stuff like we can always talk about the different things that we really enjoy the things that we really want to see from from the growth of, of certain companies and the growth of certain uh, leadership roles. So, yeah, I thought it was a good one, dude. I, I legitimately really liked the uh, the Ring of Honor word game you had. Yeah, try a little something new. It was one of those where I would go, hmm, could we do a little something with this? And, you know, try a little, try a little something different. And- we had a nice little kind of rapid fire word association piece and I dug it. You know, maybe we'll come up with little different ideas going forward, but it was just something that kind of popped into my brain. I was like, let's roll with it. And you seem to enjoy it. And I think we got some good responses. Uh, one few names I was surprised about and a few names I wasn't surprised about, but I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. So. All right. So for TF Joker. Be the ones, baby. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.